we're starting off our Friday morning happy and singing, aren't we? Good morning, Mario. What's good, going on? Good morning to you as well, John. If you're joining us now, you're listening to... Do, do these new mics sound terrific they sound awesome. or what? Let's hear it for WMNF and WMNF, all the let's hear it for WMNF and all their supporters. You're listening to WMNF. 88.5 Community Radio right here in Tampa, Florida. I'm Mario Nunez alongside my broadcast partner. John Dingfelder, good morning. And today we're bringing you another episode of Down and Dirty. And you know, we usually start our show, Johnny. We start our show every week. Well, we've got special guests in studio. We can talk about them now. You want to talk about them now? Oh, uh, well, sure, absolutely. I see you're pointing. Well, go ahead, Johnny. Introduce <laughs> who, who else is in here. We have the lovely, brilliant... Talented Lynn Marvin Dingfelder. There's a lot of adjectives there. A lot of adjectives. Not you, enough. You oh, embarrass dear. her every time Not. you do that. Oh dear, thank you. Yes, there you, there you go. And Skip is at the board today for us, and our special guest in studio. We'll introduce her in just a couple of Absolutely. minutes. Absolutely. How's your week? It's been really, really fun. It's been, you know, as we get closer and closer to the holiday, I'm, I'm catching a little bit more of the Christmas spirit. You know, I we I, couldn't I, help ourselves on Wednesday. Well, you want to talk a little bit about that? I think that we should. Last. Uh, my Rotary Club, the Ebor, Rotary Club of Ebor City, uh, every year we celebrate uh, the holidays and we invite about 20 kids from Shore Elementary, right, which is our, our neighbor over there in Ebor City, and, and we, uh, we give them presents. Uh, this year, Santa Claus showed up uh, in the form of, don't with, tell anybody. With helpers. With, That's well, right. Yes, yeah, we're getting, getting there. Getting there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I had the pleasure and honor to be Santa Claus, uh, mainly because of my girth and my white beard. I was thinking about that on the way here. You know, it's I, I never envisioned Santa Claus as a kid as being somebody that was necessarily slight of stature. Although, you know, the, you knew that the elves were little. You knew that Herbie and all of his, and the land of mis all those little, they were little. The elves Dim, are little. Diminutive, but... But, but, but uh, maybe Santa looked bigger... Because they were little, so but Speaking I never. Speaking of elves, Mario, you were, you were you were a fantastic elf. All right, Elfo. Elfo a, in Spanish for all of you Spanish-speaking folks. You had there. a little help from the other elf. Uh, I did. The other inebriated elf, Tom Tom Scare. He got a little too close to the punch bowl, didn't he? <laughs> and it was earlier than he should have. Like I mean, we look. Listen, man, we got we got work to do here. Uh, we got to pass out gifts. You, you did a great job, and and it was uh, a lot of fun. Lynn, uh, Lynn hates being referred to as Mrs. Claus. But Sounds she, so old. Yeah, but she did a great job. Too. I think next year we have a, a team of, of elves, right? More more than <laughs> more two. More elves? Yeah, more, more elves. And How about is, reindeer? And, well, that's just what I'm thinking. You know, you, you got seven reindeer, and maybe you can have seven elves instead. It'd be tough if you got the reindeer in the Columbia restaurant. It'd be kind of tough. All right, well, but, let's get to our special guest. Did you have an announcement or something you needed no, to make? No, well, I just wanted to say, for those of you that have been listening to our show regularly and know that uh, tomorrow there was going to be an event, and I say was because... The inclement weather that's about to descend upon the Bay Area, and we should all be mindful. I know that it seems kind of funky right now because there's really nothing on the radar. Cold, rain, wet. We don't know what's going on. Well, we do. We do. But, I mean, it's not, it's not there. Physically, you look at the radar sweep and you say, well, there's nothing in the Gulf. So that, How, that events. However, it's going to spool up. And it's going to get rainy and windy tomorrow starting. Of course, it always happens in the evening, right, when the sun sets and it makes it a lot more scary. But it's going to get rainy and windy. And so if you've got, out, if you've got decorations in your yard and you haven't really been paying attention, this is your PSA. Bring those things in, right? If it's something that's light that can be blown around, we're talking about gusts of up to 45 to 55 miles an hour. Wow. So this is going to be a, an event, something like we're accustomed to in the summer. However, it's wintertime. 
So it makes it a little bit weird. So tomorrow's event at Sly Junior High School, the Thaddeus Bullard uh, Christmas event, is going to be postponed until Aww. next week as a result. They're just being cautious. So okay. they're being cautious. And if you had planned on being there with us, Orestes was in the studio two weeks ago to let us know this event was happening, Orestes Estrade. And, uh, and Titus O'Neill, of course, is going to be a part of that. Uh, that's going to be next week. So just kind of keep all that love and joy in your heart. We'll see you at, and rumor has it, rumor has it that Santa and his elf will be there helping. So We need bells. Yeah, ding, we do. Ding, Here, ding, here's ding, our bell. Ding, ding, we need jingle bells. Ding, and wow. I think what makes you such an effective Santa, to be honest. Is being Jewish? Number one. Okay. That's top, that's top on the list. And number two, and number two, that beard, brother, because it's authentic. <laughs> And, and and it looks good on you. All right, let's get to our guest. She's traipsed all the way across the bay to join us today with her little special friend that she'll Christy. introduce. Oh, Christy. Christy's with a K? A, yeah. With a C. With a C and an H. <laughs> uh, Carrie Christman, we are so pleased to have you here today. Uh, uh, for many of you who know uh, Carrie uh, uh, or don't, uh, she's the former, the mayor of former mayor She's the mayor. No. She's the wife of former Mayor Rick Kreisman. She's also also an author of a best-selling book called The Accidental First Lady. She has significant accomplishments of her own. She's a marketing professional with many organizations, including the uh, now-called Tampa Bay Times. She's an entrepreneur. She's a community volunteer. She raised two wonderful children, and I'm sure that's still an ongoing process. And she also raised a dozen Labrador Retrievers for Southeastern Guide Dogs, now she's an author. Carrie Kreisman, welcome to our studio. Thank you for having me. Yes. Happy to be here. Welcome, so, Carrie. Sorry Thank for you. my bumbling there. Oh, it's all good. It came out of the end, though. It More came out coffee. of the end. More <laughs> coffee. We, we knew, <laughs> we knew right. who you were thinking of. <laughs> so, Carrie, um, I have to ask first off, and, and uh, this was actually Lenny's question from a few days ago when we were talking about your book, but why did you decide to write a book? A book about your life, a book about your family, a book about your experience as the First Lady of St. Petersburg? Well, we had been in politics for about 18 years, and uh, all, the, all that time, most people didn't really, I think, think about the people behind the politician, and that was okay. Here, here. Um, <laughs> There's going to be a lot of that today. Yes, Sorry. that's all right. No worries. And um, Lenny, yeah. Lenny started, a, well, she was a, Lenny was in politics before I was. And then, uh, and then, and then when I decided to run in 2002, she got swept along into that merry ride of yours, too. So I really wanted her in the studio today also. But to I talk. really want to hear what you have to say about your book and your life. Gentlemen, quiet. Thank you. <laughs> sir, <laughs> sir, quiet. This other gentleman's being quiet. Johnny. So, you so. know, I, I was perfectly content to serve alongside and in the in the background and in the forefront when required. And uh, as Rick went through his political career, which spanned 22 years, the political climate locally and around the world and the country became a little more volatile, vitriolic and things like that. And people started paying attention more. Uh, maybe people who weren't as political, um, you know, were taking notice. And so his last political campaign, his eighth and final campaign for re-election to mayor of St. Pete, and thankfully he won, um, was pretty, pretty tough. I'm not going to around the bush. It was pretty tough, uh, you know, in, in the community and everything. And so shortly after his victory, I was having coffee with a friend and 
we were just chatting. And by now I'd had some stock responses that people would ask me things. I always made sure I knew about the talking points and what he was working on and what kind of, you know, certain things that people wanted to know if I was asked in the grocery store and car line and anywhere. So, but over coffee with a friend, uh, you know, one-to-one, so to speak, she said, how do you do this? As in, how do you live this public life that isn't always so kind? Uh, and I gave her an honest answer that it had been hard. It was a you know six month, in essence, reelection campaign, and it was tough. But uh, and then she said, "You should write a book." And I honestly had never thought about it. Uh, someone suggested to me when he became mayor in uh, 2013, "Are you going to start a blog?" And and I. I said, nah, I don't think so. I was super busy working, running the kids around, living life and just trying to stay above the water, so to speak. And uh, then I gave the book uh, some real thought. And first I came to the idea of writing the book as a how-to for political spouses. Mm. And when I started writing, <laughs> I I found that my advice would generally be the same in a lot of situations. Excuse uh, me, is it one line like, don't do it? In, in <laughs> essence, yes. Just wondering. It, so that's where, and then I thought, who am I to tell people how to live their life? Because there are certain ways that I think a lot of us believe we should behave, like write it, but don't post it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, write the letter that you never send when you just... That therapy journal. Exactly. So I, I changed the focus. And I think it, with any project like a book, you you maybe start one way and then the road takes you a different way. So... Um, so that's that's how I got started with writing my story, and uh, it just evolved after that. Well, as, as I was reading your book uh, this week, and I enjoyed it so much, um, not only just enjoyed it from a general perspective, but from a very personal perspective, because Lynn and I lived a lot of what you and Rick lived. Uh, of course, in a little bit less of a way, because you guys were mayor and we weren't, but... Um, but but anyway, but it was interesting, you know, starting out at the beginning, you were this nice Italian Catholic girl from St. Petersburg, and all of a sudden, you know, in your early 20s, your life changed completely. You met and married a really smart, sweet guy like uh, like Rick Christman, a bright young attorney who, and that's probably what you had to look forward to, you know, we're going to be having, a you know, this life with this young attorney and raise some kids and, and that sort of thing, and then... I don't think there was any plan for Rick to get into politics, not even with him. Is that true? No, no. He had, um, and it's in the book if if you haven't read it yet, um, for anyone who's listening, but he had run pol- a political campaign for his good friend, Lars Hafner, who served mm-hmm. in the State House for him, many yeah. years. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, many conversations happen over a good bottle of wine, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so do many questions get posed. And, uh, you know, the, the question was posed over a bottle of wine when Lars knocked on the door and said, hey, I've got a question. Why don't you run for city council? So that's how our foray and our life changed that night when we made that decision over the next couple of days and dove in headfirst. And that was what, 90, 99. 99. It was January and it was an election in March because city council isn't always in November. I love those short elections. Yeah. Spe- oh, oh, especially when you're an unknown. And, right. and, and in the winter. Y- yeah. Because <laughs> right? <you've> got- <laughs> it's nice and cool out to go door to door. Oh, Mario, yeah. what do you got? I just want to remind everybody, if you're listening now, you can call in if you have a question for Carrie. She'd love to take your questions, and we would love to hear from you as well. 813-239-9663. You can email us, dj at wmnf.org, or you can text us if you're sitting there at the traffic light and you've got the time. 813-433-0885. We'd love to hear from you. 
And Carrie brought Christy, the black Labrador from She's South. She's beautiful. Tell us about Christy. Yeah, before. Southeastern guide dog. Yeah. I know that's been one of your passions uh, for, what, decades? It has been since 2009. We've been puppy raisers for Southeastern guide dogs. And puppy raisers are volunteers. We do not work for the organization. But we take a puppy at about 9 to 11 weeks or so and take it home with us and raise it for about a year. And in doing so, we attend meetings. We learn what commands we're supposed to teach them. We take them in public. So basically, they can be accustomed to anything that a visually impaired or blind person or a veteran with PTSD would do with the dog. So um, Christy was one of the guide dog pups that we raised in 2015, in 2016. And she was on her way to becoming a guide. I could tell by the reports we were getting on her training. And then I got a phone call that she tore her ACL and would oh, need goodness. surgery. And obviously she got through that surgery fine. And they assessed her and decided not to make her a guide only because they didn't want the other ACL to tear should she be guiding someone through an intersection. Mm-hmm. Smart decision. And as razors, when our pups are not going to become a working dog. There are no failures. There are career changes. We are offered back <laughs> the... Uh, we're being uh, extra sensitive to Christy today. But it's you know? true, you know. <laughs> people say, is she a failure? Repurpose. No, not at all. Yeah, so we adopted Christy, and she's also an ambassador for Southeastern. So sometimes we're called upon to speak on behalf of the organization. And in becoming an ambassador, she needed to get certified as a therapy dog. Oh, great. And so that's why. And I thought, well, if she's certified, I might as well do some work with her. So I wound up at Tampa General Hospital. We've been volunteering there on Friday mornings for almost a year, and we love it. And she knows when we arrive in the parking garage, she pulls me in and just has the best time. And it's really a humble place to be in the presence of someone who is going through something so significant in their life that they let you in. And these are patients who've requested to see the dog. And so that's how that works. Yes, they request. We don't just go knocking on doors and say, we're here. You want to see a dog? They do. They request. And then the recreational therapist takes the volunteer and the dog around and we have a list to go through. So you're still giving back and you're still in the community and your heart is still there. It's we it's love really it. Amazing. We love it, and she and she loves it too. So she's she's awesome. She's a good girl. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's jump back to the book. Uh, if you're just tuning in, we have Carrie Kreisman, the the wife of former Mayor Rick Kreisman in St. Petersburg, and she wrote a fantastic book that I just uh, read this week. It's called The Accidental First Lady. If you want to have a question, talk to Carrie or to us. It's eight one three two three nine nine six six three. So as we're as we're reading the book, you're talking about local campaigning, especially in the beginning, before you guys went to Tallahassee. And as city council members, you know, we did it too. You've got your campaign staff virtually living in your house. You know, your, your, your parties are in your house. Your fundraisers are in your house. You're going door to door. You're exhausted from the moment you wake up until when you, when you go to bed. You wake up tired. You wake up tired. <laughs> And in in your case, just like ours, you didn't win the first time. What was that like? That was all right. You know, obviously we went in with blinders on and so green that... <laughs> you were going in against a com- an incumbent. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And and so it was a big learning curve. And he got, Rick got 42% of the vote, which That's I great. think for the a first time where he had to introduce himself to everyone in the district. And, you know, and, and so that was a big, in two, in two months. Mm-hmm. And so, yes... Um, and we were the campaign staff. We obviously had a print shop and 
somewhere to get signs and literature made, but we were the staff. So, so little money and yeah. so little staff and volunteers, you know, come and go, Mario, you've been a campaign volunteer for many oh, years. It goodness. is, it is a glorious job. Uh, should the effort, uh, uh, produce a win but it is <laughs> soul, it that, is right. soul crushing when you put it all out on the line and you just come up a little short worse if you get wiped out but that you know usually you're going to pick a candidate that's hopefully not going to get wiped out or hopefully yeah. win yeah but you know carrie full well that you put it all out there you do and you give everything you got you leave it all out and and you brought up the volunteers and none of this could ever have been possible without volunteers i mean i always think for someone to I know what it's like with Christy, and I love to volunteer, but when you're giving your time and somebody to give their time because they thought my husband would do a good job right. and serve people you. well, yeah. if you just sit back and think about that for a minute, it's it's humbling, and there have been so many through the years, and we're, we're grateful for that, for everyone who's been along on the ride. And, you know, you know it's funny. Um, Rick is... Rick is a, a great guy. He was a great mayor, uh, great at everything he, he took on, and... and you have a line in the book that just jumped out at me, and you said uh, you you were telling somebody so almost apologetically. You said, "Well, Rick's a politician, but he's one of the good ones." <laughs> and I remember I remember Lenny often saying to, to people, "Well, you know, John John's a politician, but our, he's one of the, one good, of, he's one of the good ones." And and I like to call him a, a public servant mm -hmm. instead. Yeah, much better, yeah. much better. Mm -hmm. That's what I would do. And, and then it's people true. say, oh, politician. So no, he's a public servant. Yes. Because they don't realize, mm -hmm. and, and for anyone listening, please understand this. You don't realize it's not only the person in front who's giving, it's the entire family. Mm -hmm. It's everybody. It's the spouses. It's the um, parents. It's the kids. You know, it's the places that person can't be. And so we're... Mm -hmm keeping it going or we're pushing them forward, whatever the case may exactly. be. But, you know, I, he kept reading me passages out of the book and I was like, <laughs> I was having Vietnam flashbacks. You know, <laughs> I was like, I was really understanding all right. too well. It's uh, but you know, it's um, great. We talked about the kids. Um, you had a different experience than we did uh, because the, the first time I was running Saul was our baby was just graduating high school. Mm -hmm. So by the time we, we were in, he we was... We had some good helpers, though. We did have some good helpers for that, of that, that, yeah. that I campaign. think we bribed them with a, a, a Well, party. they got a day off. No, they got a party. We remember and we, a party. A party. And they were sneaking beer at, oh, at 17, stop. I think. No. <laughs> no. But anyway, uh, Carrie, uh, you know, you... you you know what? Your baby was your your children were born uh, right right when you guys were getting started and all this. Pretty much, Jordan was about a year and a half at yeah. the first election in '99, and then Samuel was born into it oh. in 2002. Literally born double, into double it. Pain. Yes, uh, <laughs> at one of the swearing-ins for Rick's second or third city council term, he's holding Samuel, who is screaming through the whole thing, and then promptly <laughs> stopped when it was over. So, um, but you know, that's that's life and there's a lot of people who who do it with kids and and get through it and but That's it definitely tough. makes child raising and you know a little different when mm -hmm. when there's certain you know things in your well, a, lot, a lot of juggling but also the sensitivity of children because as mm -hmm. adults we can handle certain things we can grow that tougher mm -hmm. skin but i remember reading in the book when I think Samuel was in high school and the kids started bullying him and saying mean things during that last 
freshman Ugly year campaign. in 2017. So we know what our political world has become versus mm. when our daughter was a freshman five years earlier and no one said a word to her. Well, she was a sophomore when Rick ran for mayor. No one really said a word except one teacher who congratulated her the next day <laughs> when he won. Carrie, an interesting, as you're, as you're mentioning your children being born into this, mm-hmm. it's the question that comes to my mind is much like a, a, a professional um, coach that's either in football, you know, pick your sport, sport mm-hmm. du jour. Um, the kids can either go into their, their father's profession, career, or they can kind of not go the opposite way to make their own path. Right. Uh, but it, but in some ways, I would think that that public service heart that we were speaking mm-hmm. about is just innate. That's just something that naturally occurs. Yeah. Did, did your children, have your children shown any inclination? To politics? Mm-hmm. Uh, our daughter, no. Um, she's always been, they've, they're voters. Or to public service, as Lynn yeah. would suggest. Yeah, public service, right. yes. They're voters, of course, and they make sure they vote and they're you know, well-read on current events and things like that. So that's that's good because a lot of people are not necessarily and, you know, refuse to get their information. And that's another show. We don't really have time for that's that one right. today. But <laughs> that's right. Um, but our son always showed an interest in um, history and and politics. And he, um, I'm Memorized not- Memorized every president yes. one by one at the age of five or something. At this point in his life, I don't see him going into politics. That doesn't mean, but did Rick at age 21? We don't, I don't think so. <laughs> so you never know where life will lead you or where where you'll be called to serve. But the seed you think was planted. Yes. And, you know, I love the fact that they're civically engaged. You know, and and that they do care. And, you know, he I love the way our son talks about one of his best friends who's um, diehard Republican and Samuel's a Democrat. And he comes home and tells us about the conversations that they have. And the thing that is most important in public service and um, politics is that you continue to talk to each other mm-hmm, and people who are different than you and have and, different opinions and, and listen. Yes. And mm-hmm. you can remain friends. And, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And to see our kids doing that at 21 and I, I, I have to hand it to them, you know, that they're doing that and can have a civilized conversation. Well. well, I hope so. And his friend's parents taught him well. Mm-hmm. It's a good life lesson, no doubt. Yeah. I've got a, an email that I'd like to read that came in for you, Carrie. It says, I want to go visit Southwestern Guide Dogs so I soon so I can play with the puppies. And then it says, will Rick throw his hat into politics again? He'd be a great governor. Thank you, David, for Absolutely. your comment. We've all said right. that all along. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, South- not, not to put you on the spot. No, that's okay. I just had somebody ask me that last night at an event at Studio at 620. Um, anyway, um, I'll address the Southeastern Guide Dogs first. Um, I would go on to their website. They used to have a drop-in on Tuesdays and Thursdays years ago, and that's how we got involved, where you could just show up and play with the puppies. It's much more programmatic now, and uh, you know you just don't drop in, but you can certainly go on their website and find opportunities. It's guidedogs.org, O-R-G, and um, check out opportunities. Um, we have a walkathon in St. Pete and in Tampa uh, and other cities if you're not in one of those. But anyway, well, in let us throughout know Florida. About that when that happens. I will. So yes. We'll ours is in, we're I think thinking, it's the end of February. We're um, thinking about getting a little doggy. Oh, uh, we'd love to. I always love to have new people involved with Southeastern. But And regarding governor, and I'm not being coy at all, but I do think that he is finished with politics, and mm-hmm. he, I think he's looking at other ways to serve and support candidates, as we both are. And I think, you know, there's definitely different ways to to 
stay in politics and stay, because I do believe it's in his blood and in his heart as well, but to be able to support candidates in this area is, is important. So thank you for the compliment of asking David th- that he uh, might run for governor, but I well, don't think so. Maybe, maybe not governor, great. but maybe representative from that district, because don't we have someone there that uh, <laughs> that's not really... Mario, she said he's done. I know. You don't, want to mess with, you don't want to mess with the wife. Rick, you've got to be listening. You've got to be listening. No, Carrie, I wouldn't put you through that. No, but I know. Gosh, we need somebody to rescue us from La Luna. Well, and, and that's, La Luna we tick. have a wonderful candidate, and maybe this isn't the place to do it, but I've got the microphone. Um, you Whitney, sure do. Whitney Fox is running for Congress. Uh, she's a new candidate. Oh, good. And um, I think you all need to learn about her and check her out. We endorse her wholeheartedly. She is from PSTA, was their marketing director. Director, and she provides a wonderful contrast um, to, to the, the current, the yes. current representative. And I invite anyone who's listening to learn more about Whitney Fox for Absolutely. Congress. We, 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 are a progressive, we are a progressive radio station unabashedly so that, you know, you don't have to, you, you, you can lean into that microphone okay. and, and do it with, and do it with uh, love in your heart. I All think right. I wrote about Whitney uh, when I, when I was fortunate enough to do the guest column at La Gazetta recently. Oh, I wrote about Whitney. awesome. Yeah. Okay. I also wrote about the incumbent. Hmm. Uh, we won't go there today. So back to your book, The Accidental First Lady. Those of you who are tuning in, we've got Carrie Christman, the uh, first lady or former first lady of the city of St. Saint, Saint Petersburg. And she wrote a great book, and I enjoyed reading it so much this week. Um, so I, there's a quote here uh, that I love, and uh, you described yourself as a, young, as a young lady, and you're probably in your 20s, as an uneasy naive political spouse. But I love that by the end of your 20-year voyage that you you evolved in your priest, your very own priest, Monsignor, called you Rick's secret weapon. And, and ha- you know, that evolution, I mean, we, we'd have hours to talk about it if we, ha- if we had it, but tell us about that evolution. Well, I, just like I said, I, I was naive. I, you know, I was a faithful voter, but that was probably the extent of what I knew about politics, you know, in terms of being on that side of it, running and being that involved from that perspective. So, you know, I just didn't know what a public life would mean on any level. Obviously it kept getting the stage, kept getting bigger as he ascended to different offices. And thankfully we had a learning curve. There's people who jump in to a congressional race, to a mayor's race, anything, even governor, without the benefit of anything having come first. So, you know. I understand that. It's it's so much easier to start small and and to maybe uh, scratch your knees or make some mistakes and then go on Mm -hmm. to bigger offices. Plus, it's realistic, you know, that people are going to elect you to school board first, see how you do, and then they're going to graduate you to the next level. In Rick's case, in your case, you guys started at city council. He did get elected, and he served six years, mm-hmm. I think. Then he went up to Tallahassee. Did eight years, six years, six years yes. in Tallahassee as mm-hmm. a, in the House in the Florida House. Did a great job. We were very proud. He was in the minority, so it was very yes. tough, very yeah. tough doing that. Yeah. And then came back and and became mayor for eight years. But uh, it's it's pretty amazing. But yeah, with anything, there's a learning curve, uh, and, and and that's what I had. You know, I was learning as I go, and and I had to learn that. After people asked me in the grocery store, who I didn't think knew who I was, mm. about his platform, well, then I better make sure I'm educated on this. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got my kids and I'm focused on that. You know, I was a stay-at-home mom for 10 years, but I need to make sure. So it was that kind of evolution of learning. Yeah. And- it's funny how those early issues and those very local issues 
become so big to people, big to your neighbors. Mm-hmm. Uh, the library closing, yes. for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Well, that's in, that's your community, and it's it's emotional for people, and you have to understand that. And 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 you had to explain to them the library wasn't just closing, but it was relocating right. to a better spot, and ultimately mm-hmm. Rick voted for it. Right. Right. And you know we remained friends with the friends that opposed it, and that's how you can hopefully move through life, you know, and there's always going to be a conflict or something, but, and, you know, if you can just get through it and, and. Carrie, politics is all local, is it not? It I is. Mean, it is there's enti- that saying and yeah. you can dissect that for hours is all politics is local, but. Belly to belly, <clears throat> excuse me, eyeball to eyeball. You've yeah. got to know your constituents. Yes. <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. I enjoyed the door knocking. We both did. Yeah, we really, not mm-hmm. only was it the exercise, yeah. and, but knowing your neighbors. Exactly. We can still drive down the street and John will tell me mm-hmm. who that person is or he remembers, oh, they taught school. I remember they their dog. Son. Right. Or, or <laughs> We always remember the dog. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. We actually true. wrote to dog owners at one point. Yeah. We, we knew who had, oh, oh we sent picture. Great. We sent a postcard of our, us with yeah. our dog right. to the dog owners. Right. But, but <laughs> yeah. I, I enjoyed not only meeting them and talking to them, mm-hmm. but kind of seeing how they decorate decorated what they did it's just you know and when someone lets you into their life like that whether you're on your doorstep or in their living room is is really something and i used to you know when i first started making calls back when he was running for state house i kept to the script and then by the time he was um mayor i had the script but i really enjoy talking to people and um we uh um I going to say, I met one of the original Wiki Watchy Mermaids. Oh, I, I love mean, that. When are you going to do that? I mean, That's she's true. like, I've no already way. voted for your husband. Now let me tell you about what my life. I'm one like, time we were we were walking in Gibsonton, and oh, the family right. said, "Oh, do you want to see meet our elephants?" <laughs> because they, had, pets. They, That's right. they had they were carnies. They had yeah. elephants out there. You yeah. never know that what's behind wonderful. the fence or the door. <laughs> so many stories, so many wonderful yeah. adventures. You know. That's why I say the best part of politics. I mean, sure, there are going to be perks because of being in a public. You know, you get invited to certain things. You get to meet. People you may, you know, that might be famous, but um, it's the people who are in your own community that you meet that you may not have ever met before. And that's where I learned the most. Yeah, I think, and and I, and I you say this a couple times uh, through the book, uh, The Accidental First Lady by Carrie Christman, that, you know, there's a lot of sacrifices. You know, you, you give up a piece of Rick uh, because everybody else wants a piece mm-hmm. of Rick. And you give up, you gave up a piece of him for 20 something years. But the reward is meeting wonderful people mm-hmm. that you never would have met. Right. And and those experiences mm-hmm. and some of the travel and just in your own community. You said a key word there, John. Travel. Carrie, it, you know, aside from meeting people, which naturally would occur during either campaigns mm-hmm. or during your administration, um, did you have any experience with travel? I know we talked before we went on the air today. This is a softball. I'm tossing it right yes, to you. I know exactly. You know. I'm catching. And, there you so go. It, and it leads into what I'm going to talk about, baseball, a little bit, um, but not, not local baseball. We're not going <laughs> to talk about that. Anyway, yes, we uh, had some amazing travel experiences. And uh, one that stands out is 2016. We were invited to join the delegation that uh, went to Cuba when the Tampa Bay Rays played the Cuban national baseball team. And it was 
Incredible doesn't wasn't do it, that do fun? It justice. It was so much fun. I and was there such too. A, a window into a culture that seemed so mysterious in some ways to many people. And you know, and again, I'm going to go back to the people. But we had some time. Just our family. Our kids were lucky enough to go with us and just to walk the streets by mm-hmm. ourselves. And wonderful. You know, we we hung out at someone's house. They invited us in for coffee, and they loved Rick's raised hat. So he just took it off and gave it to him. And uh-huh. You know, just things like that. And they then he took us down the street to his friend's restaurant. And, you know, I, it's just the music and the art and just feeling all of it. Cuba was something Didn't that we'll never forget. A lot, of, a lot of Tampa there. I saw, you know, the yeah. architecture, mm-hmm. the foliage, everything. I, I yes. could see what was brought here from there. And I felt so akin to it, so comfortable. Yeah. Because it looked like... A, I recognized a lot of Tampa. Right. And it was just beautiful. You're right. The music, the people were joyous. Yeah. You you feel it in your soul. And that time was joyous. I mean, let's be honest. It was during that, the height of what we thought was going to be a reparation of that long standing. I mean, people had visions. I never saw so many American Cuban flags as the day in the stadium when the two teams played. Yeah. And and the stadium, I think, sat about Mm 38,000. I think it sat about 50,000 people. And, And there were must have been 70,000 people in that stadium right. because it was an incredible giant love fest. Yeah. Really. We were, yeah. Lynn, uh, Lynn and I were there. Lynn was shooting a documentary in Cuba. Oh. We were there about a, a couple of weeks before you guys were oh, there just, okay. by co- just by coincidence and everybody was talking about, oh, yeah. the Rays game is coming up with the, with the team and, and all that and there was tremendous, tremendous excitement uh, to the extent I can remember it because of the mojitos at the, uh, at the <laughs> Hotel <you>. Nacional. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they were getting the best of us, too. It was the first time I'd ever had that drink. It was oh, just wonderful. We were eating at um, Paladares. Paladares, Paladares, yes. yeah. Uh, Private uh, homes that were be- open. Yes, yep. beautiful lunch. And I am not a rum drinker. Rick is. So every time they passed mojitos, I'm like, here, here. <laughs> and gave it to him. But I watched the... Uh, bartender make the mojito she must have taken about 20 minutes to Mm. carefully craft the mojito and i'm like i've got to have one i'm here i've got to have it good for you and it was it was one of the best things i've ever tasted speaking of rum drinkers tell us who you had the just wonderful wonderful fortune of being close enough that you could have almost touched him the night that you were there come on talk about that a little bit the night before the baseball game there was a, a private party at the marina at, down in Havana, and the baseball team was there, and all everybody from the delegation. ESPN, everybody and, was there. Yeah, and they're hand rolling cigars, and it was just a beautiful evening. And we heard a rumor that uh, Jimmy Buffett was coming, mm-hmm. and so uh, we thought we were listening to the band, and and the band was fantastic. It was about a five piece band playing Cuban music, and we were just enjoying that. And I said, well, we better go get in the front. We, we need to go stand in the front and because we want to be close to him. Um, we've been Parrot Heads for years. We used to be members of the Tampa Bay Parrot Head Club. And <laughs> Rick has seen Buffett over 30 times, oh, and I've probably goodness. seen I'm him lucky. maybe half that time. But anyway, um, we made sure we were in the front. And so um, he rolls in on his boat and hangs out for a little while. I think he needed to chill out for a bit, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but he got up on stage and came and said hi to everybody first, which was another amazing moment. And um, 
yeah, he played, and I've got it on video, and and uh, it's just something, especially now that he's gone, that that mm-hmm. we cherish. Mm-hmm. He's such a storyteller sure. and a poet, and definitely, yeah. There was some, um, and these musicians were so um, professional and so good at what they do. They didn't have to. There was no learning curve for them, mm-hmm. so they're just backing him up, just like Nadir Shakur would be in the Coral Reefer band. Suffice so. it to say, if those musicians that are all exquisitely trained could get off the island, mm-hmm. they'd come over here. And they would probably have a very, very successful, oh, yeah. successful career. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> of course, uh, Jimmy Buffett was one of one. Mm-hmm. We know that, mm-hmm. and and his birthday's coming up soon, that's so we're right. going to get to celebrate him. But yeah, that's, that was quite a loss. But what a magical night for you and it your really family was. And and again, something unexpected. And that's where the real, you know, that's the charm in Cuba. You know, you turn the corner, you go around the next corner, you don't know what you're going to get. Yes. But usually, it's something that's very connective. Mm-hmm. And th- there are people, at least I, we found them to be the same way. They're uh, warmth and, and empathy and, you know, just we just need to help them as much as we can. I agree. Well, for those of you just tuning, tuning in, we have Carrie Christman, the author of Accidental First Lady, because she was the accidental first lady of the city <laughs> of St. Petersburg with her husband, Mayor Rick Christman. It's a great book, uh, a good, uh, a, nice, a nice little holiday gift for people to, to buy for their, for does their it fit in the, Does it fit in a stocking? I'm just curious. Uh, how big your stocking is. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> But um, Wonderfully said. speaking of meeting really wonderful people, your trip to the White House jumps out at me, especially with the experience with your daughter. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. You mean the first experience with her or the whole? Well, whatever there's... you choose. Well, you know, it was funny. I shared this story last night. We were five of us St. Petersburg Press authors were at studio at 620 for five from Florida. It was a really oh, nice. fun event. That's a great place. Yeah. And I thought it's the holiday season. I'm going to share this story. So anyway, the story kind of goes that back in 2007, uh, Senator Obama came to Tampa yes. and we got a call. He was kind of feeling it out about running for president. And Rick and I got a call, or Rick got a call that Sunday morning. It was a Sunday morning, gets a call. Senator Obama's going to be here. He's, you know, up and coming. I think he's going to make a great presidential candidate. Can you come? You know, and and so we scrambled and got a sitter for the kids because they were little still and went over to a home on Bayshore in Tampa. Norma Jean's house, and I think. So yeah. um, I think you're right. Yeah. And and uh, we were lucky enough to meet Senator Obama out by the garage before he went in to address everyone else. So by 2008, he was candidate, presidential candidate Obama. And again, Rick gets a phone call invites inviting both of us to come to another home in Tampa where um, Michelle Obama was going to be, you know, as political spouses often served as surrogates to their For spouse, sure. you know, if they need to step in and speak. So Michelle Obama was going to be there and we're like getting ready to head out the door less than an hour. We got to leave and our son comes down with a fever and, um, you know, he's... He, I don't know, six years old. So can't just, you know, let him go and take some Tylenol. So so nobody was available to babysit. And so I said to Rick, I'm like, why don't you take Jordan? She was old enough. She's five years older than him. So she was old enough to be out late on a school night. And so he took our daughter and they get wow. to go up stairs in this home and have a little meet and greet before she comes down to address the crowd. So she meets Rick, yada, yada, nice to meet you, you know, kind of thing. And then she goes right into Jordan and starts talking to Jordan. And they started talking about American Girl dolls. And Jordan's the same age as their eldest daughter, Malia. And so we've got a fantastic photo of the two of them together that, you know, Jordan really treasures. And so... Fast forward to 2015, we're in both working in our offices and um, 
at home just doing stuff at night around nine o'clock and an email comes in to Rick, an invitation to the White House holiday party. And at that time, we thought it was the White House holiday party, not one of 20 that they would host that year. (laughs) But still, it was an invitation. And it was just Rick and I'm like, do you think the kids should go and or can can go? So Rick asked, I mean, you know, you don't ask, you don't get sometimes. So, and they said, nope, just you guys. So when they, for security purposes, we had to send our socials and sure. our ID and everything like that. So Rick said, you know what? I'm just going to send their IDs. You know, they had IDs. They weren't really, our son wasn't driving yet, but, um, and they, boom, send back four passes to go to the White House holiday party. So we got to go and our son had just had his bar mitzvah. So he had a brand new suit that was ready to be worn for a second time. And and yeah, it was, it was awesome. So we, uh, we got to go to the holiday party and it was like nothing, another experience, you know. I, I like, think you got, you snuck your way up to the front row. Well, again, there you go. You know, I always said, you know, your teacher, you know, they always want you to sit in the front, right? Because that's where you get everything and you get all the lessons and get all the information. Well, we go in and you kind of survey the room and mm-hmm. they're passing champagne. And, and we saw people we knew from the, this area and thought to go over and talk to them. And then I saw the podium and I thought, hmm, I see the staircase. <laughs> <laughs> I could kind of envision what was going to happen. I'm like, we better go go stand there because that's where they're going to be. There you go. And we did for about two hours. And <laughs> you staked out the good spot. We did. And we, you know, like as the security guard said, make friends with your neighbors. And we did. It was fun to talk to people who came from all over. And, and it wasn't their first holiday party either. I can't, wow. I mean, I'd love to go again, but one was good enough for me. I'm happy, you know, and, and I was so grateful to be able to have gotten to you attend know, so, that. It's so wonderful that you... We're able to include your children, and in those experiences, oh, they'll, they'll never, never forget. forget. Right? They'll never forget. We, yeah. I think we we did that with uh, Christopher. We took him to an Obama event over in St. Petersburg, oh, as a matter of okay. fact, right. at the high school with your dad. Your dad, yeah, was and with dad us. too. We've got mm-hmm. the pictures. Yeah, and just wonderful family experiences. You know, you one thing that jumped out to me in your book, Carrie. Um, you're so dedicated to your family, and and uh, I'll give a good example. And I know you're you're probably gonna blush or something like that but but um <laughs> but you know a lot of a lot of legislators go to Tallahassee and their family doesn't see them for 2 months because you know they're busy or whatever and and that sort of thing over 6 years you made 20 round trip <laughs> driving trips with your children <laughs> who were very little at the time so the four of you could be together. 600 miles round trip. That's Honey, not you, a fun ride. You hate driving, <laughs> period. <laughs> and your Carrie did it with two little children. I want to say that's true love. And probably <laughs> probably black labs, too. <laughs> no, we actually didn't bring any dogs that time. I mean, I think I think nowadays we probably would because hotels were more right. are now more welcoming sure. to dogs. But Rick did actually bring... Uh, one of our guide dog puppies in training on the house floor when he was trying to work on a service dog bill that ended up getting killed. But yeah, you know, we made the best. I was raised on road trips. Um, I did, you know, I didn't go on my first airplane ride till I was uh, 13, but I was raised on road trips and we took many road trips with the kids. And I was, again, coming from a place of privilege. And I hate to use that word because the way it's used these days sometimes, but I was a stay-at-home mom for 10 years. And I could do that. I could, mm-hmm. you know, the first year when Rick was in the state house, um, he was playing the annual Democrat versus Republican softball game. And he always had a time at night when he would call to say goodnight to the kids. And then mm-hmm. he'd call me later, you know, and we'd chat about the day or whatever. Well, at 730 or whatever the time was came and went. And I'm like, 
okay. Mm. You know, I thought the game would be over. Yeah. And so I called him and he's like, I'll call you back. I'm like, okay. And then, so he calls me back from the hospital. I'm like, mm. where are you? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> he, uh, is, to use a Jimmy Buffett reference, he rounded third or first and never thought of, rounded first, never thought of the worst <laughs> until he studied the shortstop's position, crack went his leg mm. like the shell Ma- of an And egg. Mario kept playing softball until, are you still yeah. playing? Not, not pre- baseball, right? Not presently. No, well, baseball, baseball, the bases got way too far away early <laughs> and, you know, you would start to you realize. going, well, man. I, mean, I did. I played into my 40s. That's awesome. Almost, Ever the competitor, he wanted 50s. to get to first. <laughs> he got there and then some. But uh-huh. what I point in this story is that he didn't he broke, just blow out his flip-flop. He blew out his knee or something, His right? leg, his tibia, ankle. and oh. uh, the tibia oh. cast from upper thigh down to the ankle. Oh. So in that one of the trips to Tallahassee was pulling Jordan out of third grade and saying, because thankfully she was a really good student. And looking back now, it's just third grade, you know. But at the time, it was like, you're in third grade. And Samuel was in preschool and we made it up. He's like, you don't need to come. You know, the guys will take care of me. I'm like, they're great guys, but you you know, you can't walk. You need a wheelchair. <laughs> I'm coming. And so, yeah, memories. And that was well, that's awesome. Certain. For those of you tuning in, we've got Carrie Christman in the studio. She wrote a fantastic book, The Accidental First Lady, about her experiences <laughs> over 20 years with uh, Mayor Rick Christman of St. Petersburg. And, and uh, I, I so enjoyed the book. So here you are in, in Tallahassee, and Rick's in Tallahassee. You're being totally supportive as, as always. And I think he's getting a little frustrated being in the minority party, it's hard to get anything done, and especially as the it's years went on. It's Tallahassee. No yeah. <laughs> but as the years went on, it got worse and worse, which is unfortunate. And I can see where the Democrats, our Democratic friends who go up there either in the House or Senate, get so frustrated mm-hmm. and so discouraged um, because they're really not treated very well. And and uh, so anyway, so you guys decided to come back and, and mm-hmm. uh, give, give it a shot. You went up against an, an incumbent, a nice guy, mm-hmm. Mayor uh, Bill Foster. Yeah, super um, guy. Yeah, nice, nice guy. He, he served four, year, four difficult years mm-hmm. um, during the recession right. to, to keep the city afloat. But then you guys decided you could perhaps do a little better and lead the way, lead St. Petersburg into a, a new era. Mm-hmm. Did that so, scare you at all, running for mayor? It seems so large. That's big. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, by that time, I had the benefit of the, other the previous years. Sure. So I think if I hadn't, I, yeah, definitely would have been scared. Mm-hmm. But definitely it was a big step up. And, mm-hmm. you know, from day one when he announced, it was unlike any other campaign he had run. So it's just on a different level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, now, love this, I love this quote from the book. It says, Camp, I read this to you the other day, honey. Campaigns are like a Red Bull-free source of distraction. Everything seems urgent, so you must keep your eye on the ball and celebrate every small victory. Endorsements become so big. Mm-hmm. You know, the, oh, exactly. that, that neighborhood association just endorsed us. Woo-woo! Yes. You know, and then uh, money raising and, mm-hmm. and polling data and every single every single little thing keeps you going right. to get up the next morning and, and hit, hit the trail again. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. That's right. You need those small victories. Yeah. Hopefully lead to the big one. <laughs> and, until until election day. Tell us about the your, your election day. day. The longest day, yes. Uh, the first year, uh, the first election day for when, mayor. For yeah. mayor, yeah. yes. Um we didn't know what to expect. We we went, you know, the, on that level, it was kind of 
they want the press wanted to watch the family vote. So, you know, they do that in a lot of you've seen that before and, and they do that. So we all went around 7 a.m. to vote because Rick had a long day ahead of him. And so we went and voted. And then um, I it was a Tuesday. So I wasn't at that time. I worked Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So I was off that day anyway. So I got the kids to school and and then went with him to to a breakfast, you know, just at a local diner. Um and and then he had to go on and do a lot of things. And basically, I went home and cleaned the house. I just did rote activities. <laughs> were you were you nervous? Nervous energy. Nervous energy. I, you know right. what? Cleaning is very therapeutic. John don't, loves it when I'm I, upset. I love I love it yeah. when she's nervous. The house gets really clean. <laughs> you don't know what you don't know. So I can't say I was nervous that day because I didn't know what to expect. You know, I didn't. I felt like we were in a good place, but I didn't even know enough to to wish or to, mm-hmm. and that kind of, of course I wanted him to win, but you know, and what we didn't know at the time was that his campaign team had a lot of data from early voting that put him so far ahead that no matter what happened on Tuesday, he was going to win, but they didn't they were want, afraid to tell you. Well, they didn't want Rick, you know, easing up run on the through gas. The tape, not all. through the tape. Yeah, yeah. Run through the tape. Exactly. Right, right. So we didn't know. And then we were told, you know, um, we want you to get a hotel room at the Vinoy. And we're like, why? Why? Who's going to feed the dogs? And who's going to, you know. Just why, let me go why home. Why are we doing this? And so <laughs> then we then we knew once we once we uh, we arrived in the back alley behind Nova 535, which is a beautiful event space in St. Pete. And um, that's where the campaign party was. No win or lose, it was going to be a party. But um, we arrived and you know, they came out to greet us and, and basically that's when they told Rick he, he was the new mayor. That's so exciting. So it was really, it was so, uh, you know, very overwhelming, but in a good way, yeah. you know. We had this we had this little strategy. We You guys did eight campaigns. We did six campaigns. And we had this little strategy that, so elections are always on Tuesday, of course. And we felt like by Monday, the campaign workers had worked so hard. We had worked so hard. Like you've done it. We've just done it. You've done everything. Mm -hmm. You've done everything. Mm -hmm. On Tuesday, there's a lot to do. But on Monday, we've done it. So we decided this was was a regular thing for our campaigns is we, we said, okay, campaign staff, we are taking the day off. And we took off Monday and we went over to the, we drove over to your side to the Don Cesar. Oh, yeah. And we crashed the pool. <laughs> as uninvited guests, yeah, like usually like ten or fifteen of us, <laughs> and we had the best time. We just put it all out of our right. minds, drank some, drank some beer or something, and just splashed in the pool in the yeah. ocean. And then come Tuesday, you're refreshed and whatever. Caseros to get through the end of it, right? Yeah. Exactly. So that leads us to your undoubtedly the toughest election, um, and and I, it was it was unfortunate. I. I'd always liked Mayor Baker when he was mayor. I think you guys served with him as council members. Mm-hmm. And and uh, it's unfortunate that, like you say, politics nationally had gotten so ugly. And that it translated. It's so ugly now. It's a blood mm-hmm. sport now, isn't yeah. it? It's, it's a shame. so much, yeah. hasn't it? Yeah. yeah. It translated down into the local level. And it's mm-hmm. unfortunate that things got ugly. I'm sure it wasn't starting with you guys, but it got ugly in that uh, race against uh, Mayor Baker. He decided to jump in against you guys. Mm-hmm. You guys were the incumbents. Right. And uh, what was that? 20 what? 2017. 2017. Mm-hmm. Lynn and I actually we were just talking on the way over. We actually came out and walked for you guys. Yeah, we did. Oh, thank you. Just one Saturday. I remember hey. it, and it was fun. And was I really think fun. the ground game can be a game changer Absolutely. In, in, the, in the campaigns. It's like you mentioned knocking on the doors and that mm-hmm. personal 
communication. Jordan and I sat in someone's living room for 30 minutes and I feel like she was testing me because she asked about the rays, the pier and sewage. Your, your three big that. issues. Okay. Of yes, the but it was the big issues of that of campaign. And, and, but she would ask them over and over, I think, to see if I was giving Could the right answer it. or mm-hmm. not the right. Well, the right answer and the same answer. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, Weeks later, right before the primary, um, which a lot of people thought Rick would not, ma- my Rick would not make it through the primary, she yells to me, "We voted for your husband," wow. and they were non-party I love affiliates. I love the thumbs up when they walk out of the voting booth yes. and they give you the thumbs it's up. A great and I, feeling. At some point, I remember counting how many people gave me thumbs uh, up. Yes. You get so crazy yeah, and neurotic exactly. about that stuff. You do, you do, because but, you're just in in it. And, but the and, phone, the personal phone calls, whether it's from family members, we had John's mom and dad mm-hmm. calling. I called. Um, you know, the the personal touches right. really make people realize that you're the real deal, you're yeah. grassroots, yeah. and it makes all the difference. But they don't understand it makes a difference to us, too, like you're oh, saying, yeah. getting to know that person. Mm-hmm. He's, he'll drive by a place and say, oh, that person had a yard sign, or I remember talking to them. So we, to this day, we oh, remember yeah. these people. Yeah. They're still a part of us. Definitely. You know? I've got a quick question, sure. Carrie, with about three minutes left okay. in the show. We can't let you get out of here. Being a St. Pete girl, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you have a favorite beach? Oh. Is it okay to say? I mean, you're oh, not running yeah. for office. No, no, let's no. go. Uh, probably pass the, the grill. Yeah, yeah. pass the grill. Yeah. Let's hear it it's for so pass the grill. It's so natural. And, and sometimes we go out there on a Saturday morning. They've got the... Um, the cafe is it yes. Paradise Cafe? Paradise um, Cafe, absolutely. Some great music. Great there music. was a guy that's played out there, John Frenzy. Um, you know, and he's uh, C Sharp is also very, very good, and they're out there quite frequently. And how about Gennaro's Pizza? Oh yeah, <clears throat> I heard they closed. No, 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 no. They please. did not. I don't know. I, don't know. I'm, 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 I, I heard recently that they closed. But Rick and I used to go there when we were dating, and that's Aww. where we started talking Amazing. about getting married. Uh, our, talking first, about getting married. Our first date was at the Hurricane. At the Hurricane. Oh wow! Right, right oh. there. We so had, let's go. We, I mean, we, we were probably there. We snuck, I would think we were. I would think we were. We snuck out of Tampa. All right, back to your book. The Accidental first lady. I have got Carrie Christman. We've only got a minute or two, but I, there's another wonderful story I got to hit. Hurry! You, you were thinking about taking a trip to, to Italy, and then all of a sudden, Rick Baker comes in. Oh my God, we can't take a trip to Italy. And I love the fact that you called our Mayor Pam Iorio for advice, and and Pam said, and Pam said, yeah, go go on the trip. You know, after 22 years in this um, social media, all the yelling, protesters in your front yard. You managed to come out the other side with faith in the positive side of humanity. I think that's fantastic. Carrie, tell us how you did it. Uh, Well, it's a cliche, but keeping the faith and having Mm -hmm. something that keeps you grounded Mm -hmm. and knowing what's important. Um, We always said, even in the early days, family is what's most important. And when Rick and I were navigating the new political field, I used to say, look, we, uh, you know, when politics is done, we are what you have left. And so we always kept that with us. And you we're know, so to grateful to keep you. the faith that tomorrow's a new day. And oh, I'm grateful to you all for being here. This was a great conversation. Went too fast. I loved it. It did. Yeah. An hour An hour is never enough. No, you we'll know, have that, to do this it again. Is typically how it works. And we will have <laughs> yeah. you back and bring Christy back with you. All right. You. I know she's been a, she's been and a little she's gonna, dream here. She's, she's gonna a natural. Do, <laughs> she's going to go do her thing at TGH Maybe Rick, now. too. Oh, Rick. <laughs> oh, he'd love it. Yes, Please. I know. He is sequestered in a in uh, Tallahassee, not running for anything, but with uh, Leadership Florida. So he, I... Thanks for all you all have done for us. Yes, thank you. Thank, thank you all you for all. listening. We'll be here next week on Friday. This has been Down and Dirty with John Dinkfelder, Mario Nunez. Thank you so much, Carrie Kreisman, thank for being you. in the studio Loved with us today. It. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye-bye.
You're listening to 88.5 WMNF Tampa.